0: You are listening to a sermon preached at the First Christian Church of St. Ignatius in St. Ignatius, Montana. For more information, you can visit us at www.firstchristiansti.org.
1: Since the passing of our son John last October, a number of us in the leadership have been filling in for the message each Sunday. Some of the time it's Al Dunbar. Some of the time it's men of the congregation. Sometimes it's visitors who come. This morning, I'm giving you a two-part message. The first is from Bob Russell. How many of you know who Bob Russell is? Raise your hand. Well, those that don't are missing something He is one of the most outstanding preachers of our generation. When he was just graduating from Bible college a number of years ago, a small church was beginning in Louisville, Kentucky. And the elders found Bob just graduating from college and said, we want you to be our preacher. We want to help you to grow and the church to grow. And Bob is now semi-retired But that church is the largest Christian church in the United States with the different locations each Sunday. They're running somewhere close to 30,000 people. And he puts out a very nice devotion. This being the Liberty Week, 4th of July, praise God for America, Bob puts out a column on the internet, and you can subscribe to it. I don't think it even costs anything. But I want first to read this devotional thought connected with America. Does the US still have a firm reliance on divine providence? The Declaration of Independence concludes with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. The 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776 did not rely solely on their individual wisdom or their collective military strength. They trusted the almighty God who ordained their decision would guide their steps. In retrospect, it's obvious that he did. There's a thrilling account, if you care to read it, called The American Miracle, of the times when God supernaturally intervened to protect and guide our forefathers. Psalm 2312 promises, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. That's not just a promise for Israel, it's a promise to any nation that honors God and seeks to follow his will. God has kept his promise by blessing America unlike any other country in history. We are a land of unparalleled resources, unprecedented freedom, and unlimited opportunity. America has been the most influential nation in the world for over a century. The Constitutional Republic, formed in 1789 following the Revolutionary War, has proven effective and resilient. Why have we been so blessed? Are our leaders more intelligent, more industrious, more creative, more gifted? No, I believe that America's been blessed because God kept his promise to favor those who respect him. We're not a perfect nation, but from the beginning, there is a conscious effort to honor God and keep his word. As always, God has kept his word and exceptionally blessed the nation that honored him. Prosperity often produces a- arrogance and a false sense of self-sufficiency. Psalm 104 warns in his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. In the last half century, many of our nation's political, educational, media, and entertainment influencers have no room for God in their world and they scoff at the idea of divine providence. There's been an effort to drop the phrase, so help me God, when swearing in witnesses. You ever wonder why our nation is now so divided, self-loathing, so lacking in direction? Well, we have forgotten to praise God from whom all blessings flow. We would do well to remember the same God who promised blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord also warned the wicked return to the grave and all the nations that forget God. Let's have the same kind of courage of the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence. Let's turn to God in desperation and with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence mutually pledge to each other, our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. The rest of this service is my contribution to what's right about America, that many years ago, I traveled a lot of the country, and some of the most beautiful part of it's right here. Look out the window, look at the mountains, look at the lakes, and I put together a slide program and shared it in many many churches and conventions I had the opportunity to be in Washington DC for the presidential prayer breakfast and I was able to show this program you're going to see in the White House to a screening committee for President Nixon they said yes we'll schedule you for a worship service but he didn't stay in office and I didn't show it to him But I'm going to show it to you now. And when we're all done, I'll be sitting out in the entryway. And I'll have a copy of it for any of you who want one. So bow with me in reverence to God, my country under God. Someone turn out the lights.
0: My country under God, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I'm proud to be an American, to live in a land whose national symbol is the eagle that soars high in God's heaven. I'm proud to live in a land where the president honors Jesus Christ. As each December, he lights a display in the ellipse, south of the White House, that contains a Christmas tree for each of the states and territories as the nation pauses to remember the events of the birth of the Son of God. I'm proud to live in a land that sets aside a day of national thanksgiving to almighty God in the manner of our pioneer forefathers. As we look back to their way of life, we can well ask How could they launch us on the road to freedom, to becoming the great nation that we are today? And we discover that they were willing to work for what they had. They worked with their hands to carve homes out of the wilderness. They worked with their cattle, and they worked with their land. They didn't ask that things be given to them or that life be easy. And life on the frontier was not easy, it was very hard. And the road of freedom is marked with the graves of those who fell along that way. The road of freedom has always been marked with graves. Many are the graves of brave young men who died on fields of battle to win, protect, and preserve our freedom. We are free Americans today because they paid the price of our freedom with their own life's blood. And we must be eternally vigilant because America has many enemies who would try to destroy us, to bury us, to betray us, to take away the way of life that we have come to know and love in America, our home where the buffalo still roam, where the deer and the antelope play. As we take a close look at the way of our fathers, we discover that they were men of faith. In the declaration of our independence, they declared that all men are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights. They spoke of him as nature's God, and they launched us on the road of freedom with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. They believed in God, and they weren't ashamed to say so. They believed that freedom comes from God and not from the governments of men. At the battlefield, and the cemetery of Gettysburg. After a terrible war had torn the nation and taken many lives, Abraham Lincoln said, we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth under God in America. We have had that new birth of freedom. Among the freedoms we enjoy today are these, the freedom to meet in free assembly without fear of reprisal, the freedom to worship God of heaven as we believe, from our understanding of his word that he would have us to worship him. The right to have an education in a free school system. The right to govern ourselves by those representatives that we have chosen in free elections where there's still a choice on the ballot. The right to travel across the boundaries of 50 states Without visas or passports, America is still the land of the free and the home of the brave. We still have freedom in America today, such as few men have ever known throughout the entire course of human history, on the entire face of God's earth. In America, we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In America, you can do your thing, as long as you respect the limitations set by your God and remember to respect the rights of the other fellow to do his thing. Be happy, you're an American. We did not win these freedoms. They were one in an earlier generation at great cost and passed on to us by our fathers and by their fathers before them. And we must not lose them, nor give them away, but keep and preserve them and pass them on to our children that they too might walk the road of freedom before them in America, America. What a great land is our America. From the East Coast in the New York Harbor, where the Statue of Liberty still lifts her lamp beside the Golden Door. To the West Coast, Puget Sound, Elliott Bay, Seattle and the Space Needle. To places like Hannibal, Missouri, where you can still see Tom Sawyer's whitewashed fence and visit Becky Thatcher's house. To the majestic Rocky Mountains of Montana, this is my country and yours under God. Glacier Park, a great cathedral where everywhere you can see the handwork of our God. From the capital in Washington, D.C where every session is still begun with prayer to the God of Heaven, to Chimney Rock of Nebraska, on the old Oregon Trail. The pioneers called this the hand and the fingers of God. From the redwood forests and the palm trees of California to the tamarack spruce, the fir and the pine of the great forests of our west, with clear mountain streams still unpolluted and bridged only by beaver dams, to Indianapolis, Indiana, home of the 500, St. Louis, Missouri, and the expansion Gateway Arch that commemorates those brave American families that set out from this place to find their part of America. From the top of the arch you can look down and see its shadow more than 500 feet below you on the mighty Mississippi River, the father of waters. And you think of some of the other great rivers of our land, the Columbia, of the Pacific Northwest and the Colorado of the Southwest and small streams with hardly a name, but all part of the great heritage we have in our America. From the great lakes of the East and the Midwest to the Grand Lakes of the Mountain West, America gives you the opportunity to live in a home of your own choosing. If you want to, you can live on a ranch of Montana, Wyoming, or Idaho. Or, if you'd rather, you can make the inner city your home. Or a farmstead of the Midwest or South. It's up to you. God has given you life. And He, through America, gives you the opportunity to make something of that life, to be a maker and not just a taker, so that when life is over and you stand in judgment before the God of heaven, you'll know that this earth is a better place because you lived and used as a faithful steward the blessings with which God has blessed America. God has blessed America With skies of the east Latticed with redbud in the spring And mountains of the west Covered with golden tamaracks in the fall From the mountains of Oregon and Washington Mount St. Helens and Mount Rainier To the great Smokies in the Blue Ridge of Tennessee Virginia and the Carolinas to the prairies of Kansas, Nebraska, and the Dakotas, and the oceans white with foam, from the Grand Canyon of the Colorado to the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. And God has blessed America with people, people like you, with talents, skills, and abilities, and the willingness to use these God-given gifts to produce something for the common good. It may be corn for a grain elevator of Illinois, or garden things for the marketplace in Knoxville. Americans are willing to work in a factory, a laboratory, or a filling station, to teach in a classroom, to preach the gospel. Americans have always blazed a trail McKinley of Alaska, to the great arches of southern Utah, to every town USA. Some of the roads Americans have built are peaceful main streets of good small towns, and others are gigantic intersections of great superhighways that join America together. When we built this one in Glacier Park, we said we were going to the sun. We followed the moccasin steps of Lewis and Clark in Sacagawea, down the locksaw of northern Idaho. And when we've needed to, we've tunneled our mountains. And we've bridged our streams. And we've left trails that are sometimes just vapor trails in the skies of heaven. Some of the trails that Americans have left are trails that you can't even see, but remember that it has been America that has put men on the moon, an America that prayed for their safe return and gave God the thanks when they did. Thank God, too, that America is making another kind of return the return to a good environment for her people. We're finally coming to recognize the value of pure water and clean air, the value of beauty for its own sake, where there is no dollar sign, the value of wildlife as gifts of God to be used, enjoyed, and conserved. We're beginning to realize that if we allow any species to disappear from this earth that it will take another creation of our god to bring back even just one of them to this earth again there's value certainly in fields of gold and green ready for the combines but there's value too in fields of Rocky Mountain wildflowers for which there is no harvest time. America is beautiful. Americans love beauty and keep flowers like these in their houses, yards, and gardens. Consider them, if you will, like the stained glass windows of a church building and through them let the light and the message of our God shine through saying loud and clear that our God is not dead. He lives and guides our destiny. Thank God that you were born free in America the beautiful. Oh beautiful, for spacious skies, amber waves of grain, for purple mountain's majesty, above the fruited O beautiful for heroes, proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved, and mercy more than life. America, America, God mend thine every flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. Oh, beautiful for patriot dreams, that sees beyond the years thine alabaster cities gleam undimmed by human tears. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good Brotherhood, from sea to shining sea. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. America, America, our country, what can I do? What can you do for America? A wise man was once asked by a king, "O oh, wise man, I have a bird in my hand. Is it alive or is it dead? And the wise man answered, "O oh, king, it is as you will, for it's in your hand the king of heaven tells us that america is still in our hands in second chronicles 7:14 he said if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will i hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. America has always been called a Christian nation, called by the name of our God, and he has promised that if we shall humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, then he will hear from heaven he will forgive our sin and he can and he will heal our land. What can we do? We can pray to the God of heaven and give thanks that we are Americans and ask him to help keep America free and strong and right and good in the sight of the God of our fathers.